This is RPG A Day Month with Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. Day 10. Want. So, I accidentally recorded a podcast. I'm an idiot. As if recording a podcast every day isn't enough, I went and recorded an extra one because... For some reason, I thought today's word of the day was dark. I have no idea why. Today's word is not dark. Today's word is want, anyway. I might, <laughs> I might put another one up in a bit around, around that topic. <sighs> okay, so, dark. It seems like the wrong time of day to be recording this. It's Sunday morning. It's um, 9.27 here at the top of Grizzly Peak. And we have a beautiful blue sky, sunlight. The trees and the woods around are all dappled and inviting. Not a cloud in the sky. It's not too hot. I know it's really boiling hot in England at the moment. My parents are suffering. We just spoke to them. Uh, but it's, it's lovely here. I'm, I'm walking Snowy again, of course. Well, carrying her, because she refuses. She, I have to get her to the right location for her to feel, you know, comfortable doing her business. She is one little messed up little dog. <laughs> Dogs are, well, I, depends on the breed, but... A lot of dogs are really messed up. Okay, I'm going to put it down now and see what happens. Okay, Snow. Right, let's see. I'm not going to give you a running commentary of Snowy doing a poop. Don't worry. We'll just let her go on with that. And somewhere you'll know, like somewhere you'll know in the background, that's what she's doing. So dark, darkness, dark, the dark, the grim and the dark, the grim dark, the evil the darkness that lurks at the heart of all men. Uh, you know, I've, I feel like I've touched on this topic a few times, but what is it about darkness that that um, we associate with evil? Well, look, there's two aspects to this. The first is totally justifiable and completely fine um, because we are primarily a um, visual species, our primary sense organ is is vision, is 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 sight, um, which immediately makes me think of Joey and 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 how his experience of the world must be very um, different, obviously, because because he's um, he's blind. Um, my grandmother became blind later in life, and we were very young at the time, and I always found that interesting, and you know trying to understand what it actually meant to be blind at a pretty young age. Um, well, well, I was at a pretty young age. She was pretty old at the time. Um, but yeah, the visual sense is our primary sense as a generally as a species. Therefore, it's unsurprising that, that we rely on light. Um, we're not good in the dark. We haven't got the sense organs that allow us to operate properly in the dark, therefore we are vulnerable. 
So yeah, of course darkness is going to be scary because on some primal level, some instinctive level, we still remember the dangers of the dark. And yeah, it is still more dangerous to be around in the dark, you know, whether that be due to road accidents or muggers or or worse. Um, the cover of night uh, provides provides opportunities for, for, for bad people to do bad things to people. Um, so it, that, that part of it is completely fine. What I think we then have this huge issue with is that darkness as an absence of light then gets conflated with darkness of skin colour. Um, and... I don't want to make this into another political podcast. I really don't. Um, oh, there's a deer. A deer is just kind of, is just below us, just just scampered across. There are so many deer up here. They're lovely, but they are tick-infested little bastards. So you don't want to get too close to them. Not that they'd let you get close to them. Especially not with a vicious attack dog like Snowy here by my side. You know. Um... But yeah, so, you know, this conflation of absence of light and darkness of skin, I think, has created a lot of, you know, pretty nasty tropes around, around evil. You know, the, uh, the, the black knight, the, um, the dark pharaoh, the black brotherhood. Um, you know, the, the, the colour the color itself has these values attributed to it um which which is problematic which really is problematic but um you know i i think <laughs> i'm not i'm not <laughs> saying that i'm not going to continue using that color to represent evil in my games i will but i just have to be conscious <laughs> that it it doesn't become the default um you know, it is a colour chosen by <laughs> groups who want to present this image of darkness. Um, you know, the, in in the real world as well as as well as in the um, fictional worlds. So, so it's a good colour to use for that. No, no other colour quite has has that power on a on a very deeply programmed level in us. Um, but how do we? inhabit the darkness in our games <sighs> again I, I feel like I circle around a lot of these topics again and again and again and I'm, I apologise if I'm boring you but I don't feel like I ever really get to a, a satisfying answer for myself um, I think because I'm running a, a lot of horror games at the moment I'm running I'm running two Pulp Cthulhu <laughs> campaigns and and I'm running um, a Pulp Cthulhu one-shot, <laughs> and I'm running a regular Call of Cthulhu game. So, yeah, I'm running four Call of Cthulhu games. Now, I think the Pulp games have this interesting tension between Pulp, uh, between, sorry, sorry, between horror and heroism, um, between darkness and, and brightness. And, and I, I think that's a good place to play. The, the, the classic Call of Cthulhu, that's where you really kind of want to go deep into that horror, into that darkness. 
and it can be quite hard to 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 achieve that um, for a lot of reasons for for reasons of player player engagement and for reasons of of just well i I would say my ability as a gm to to create that mood my Amelia wants to join in the podcast. Do you want to join in the podcast? I'm just recording something about Call of Cthulhu. What do you know about Call of Cthulhu? It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Are you going to play Call of Cthulhu one day? Okay. Very good. You know, I'm, I'm planning to cli- climb up that tree and dash up there. Okay, that's very brave of you. Yeah, so that's my brave little four-year-old adventurer. She hasn't learned to be scared yet, I think. She's utterly fearless. She will, um, she will just throw herself into anything. Uh, I think they, the paediatricians say that between the ages of three and five, that's actually the most dangerous age for your child because they have no sense of, of, of safety and, and they are now capable enough to, to, to actually get themselves into real trouble. Um, so I guess I guess maybe after five is when is when they start to understand fear because she she is not scared of anything. <laughs> I mean, she loves all these monsters. Um, she do, she she doesn't think that they're um, scary and horrible and horrifying. She she loves them all. Um, uh, oh, there's some birds overhead. Um, so it's a learned thing. So maybe it's not instinctive. I mean, it sort of is instinctive because, of course, you can't see in the dark and blah, 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 blah. But, but yeah, there's definitely a learned element to it as well, which, which is kind of fascinating now I'm thinking about it. But, um, and, and because she doesn't realise that she's vulnerable, that's why she's not scared, okay? And, and I think this is at the root of how you generate horror, how you generate fear, um, if you look at any classic horror story or movie or whatever, the, 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 the protagonists are vulnerable. They do not have the tools necessarily, certainly not to hand, to, 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 to defeat or, or even resist the, the horrors that they face. And that's kind of how Call of Cthulhu, at least regular standard Call of Cthulhu, not pulp, how that's how, how that is constructed, that you don't really have the tools to to um, face down these horrors, and that's why D and D can't ever be scary. And I and I found this, I think, through through running quite a lot of D and D, and now quite a lot of Call of Cthulhu. That you know, I think I think once characters get beyond first level um, in D and D, or at least in Five E, it's they they become pretty tough. So. And, and the whole kind of game is predicated on, on facing these monsters and defeating them. So how, how can a monster be scary? It just can't be scary. In the end, it's a tactical challenge for you to overcome with your skills. In Call of Cthulhu, you have no idea what the outcome is going to be. Any time you, you face something, yes, you, you may well be able to defeat it, but equally well, it could just obliterate you in, in one hit, and you have no idea. Players also don't tend to know what the monsters are in Call of Cthulhu. I think, I think the monsters in, in D&D are so, so sort of well-established that how can, how can they be scary if you know them so well? Um, it's, it's, it's the mystery, it's the unknown. And, and as I said, my daughter certainly knows, knows all the monsters. I'm just going to play a little, another little clip of her where she talks about some of her favourite monsters. 
So what what are you going to do tomorrow? Hmm? Fight. Fight dungeons. Fight what? Go into caves. Go into caves? Yeah. What are you going to find in the caves, do you think? Are we doing an episode? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm just recording you because I'd like to hear hear what you think um, is going to happen in the adventure. So you've, if you've... we're very lucky, man just got find cryovane. Cryovane? Yeah. You mean the the white dragon wormling? No. What? Cryovane. Cryovane. What is cryovane? A dragon. Yeah. Okay. Well, if what? Well, okay, maybe you'll find cryovane there. What else do you think you'll find? Big fatty hill giant. <laughs> Big fatty hill giant. I'm not sure you could take on a hill giant. You're only second level. I think you need a smaller monster to take on. What Ratty! You... Huh? Ratty? Gobbler. Yeah. So what else is in that cave? Um, mm, beholder. Beholder? <laughs> I, I, I think this sounds like a suicide mission. A hill giant and a beholder. Yeah. Oh dear! If I were you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go into that cave. Not at second level. Well, what weapons have you got? Pigeon. Pigeon. That's not a weapon. What else have you got? Pigeon. Okay, you've got a couple of pigeons. That's good for distracting the beholder. Maybe you can throw them, and they'll fly up in the air, and the beholder will get distracted. Hmm.